0: all right so i'm dave and welcome to the denny can show i'm sitting here w- with my new friend dave uh owner of black rock vintage don't you say hi and uh give us a little little bio
1: hey everybody um uh, i'm a third generation shirt guy uh born and raised in fairfield raised four kids in fairfield and got to the black rock community about two years ago and um changed my life um, I have a great shop on Fairfield Avenue. I was the flannel guy for a number of years and um, realized that um, as a manufacturer, we needed to be a little more in a flannel guy because, as we all know, it seems to be getting a little warmer <laughs> instead of colder uh, month by month. So about two weeks, uh, almost two months ago, we brought in a lot of classic vinyl, rock and roll, blues, soul, Broadway show tunes, you name it. And in conjunction with that, we brought in a lot of vintage uh, rock concert t-shirts and there are the various uh, rock t-shirts associated with rock bands, et cetera. And um, that's where we are. Um, we're, we're enjoying it, and uh, we've, it's really changed our business. So
0: let me add, you, you look around the store, and then I, I went down to see your other booth down at Mongers Market. Um, there's a lot of antiques, a lot of... Old stuff. Now, when I was a kid, my parents told me that they were going to go antique shopping. I was like, oh, man. Yet, at the same time, I could not wait to get up into the attic at my grandparents' house and just root through everything. You know, old Boy Scout stuff from my dad and his brother. Why do you think people like old stuff?
1: Um, I think for, for my generation, I was the last of the... Babies born in the 50s. Um, I started when I was probably seven or eight years old with bottles and my dad's Sports Illustrated I collected. And as far as antiques, uh, it brings us back. Maybe um, gives us some uh, feeling of our heritage, uh, of our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. And there's things under the antiques label that, um, you know, we, we joke about it today, but they were made well. They were made by hand in many cases. Or they are made in foundries. Uh, they were made in a, in a way that brings us back to how we used to be. Um, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, we discovered something when it comes to why people like antiques. Uh, Dave mentioned mongers. Mongers changed my life. Uh, I say that to anybody who will listen to me. I have antique fishing tackle and fishing lure experts. I have antique bottle experts. I have two rock and roll poster and other uh, associated item experts, all from Mongers. Uh, Mongers is six hours a week. I spend my Sundays there, but it changed my life because it brought me into contact with people who had my passion for uh, for example, I collect old bottles, uh, medicine bottles, old wine bottles, old soda bottles, etc. Um, and antiques, I think, are, are part of our DNA in a way and what we like or, or want uh, to remember about the past. I have to add, I have four kids, 24 to 30 years old, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of um, affinity or a lot of interest in uh, having those collections or, or collecting, aside maybe Pokemon cards and things that my two boys even recently <laughs> got re-energized with that. Um, but um, I was a collector, and antiques was always something I gravitated to, and then it kind of shifted into rock and roll stuff memorabilia. But anyway, I think antiques are a lot of us enjoy because it reminds me of, of us, of our past, and um, and the way things used to be.
0: Hey, that makes a lot of sense um you you seem to you know when I come in here every time it's more than just shopping it seems like it's it's an experience because I hear you know what you're what you might be saying with another customer about this experience about meeting uh, the guy on the sticky fingers album who lives what right over here in blackrock
1: yeah
0: um do you think that there's the 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 physical objects actually bring together a larger community that inspires people to go do other things like music or cooking?
1: Yes. Um, I need to clarify. The Sticky Fingers uh, actor, uh, the gentleman who was on the cover and the inside cover, is a local resident. I have not personally met him yet, Dave, but he uh, lives next to my neighbor. That's right. He's a neighbor of actually one of my best friends here, if not my best friend. And um, I have another of customers who have come in who know uh, this gentleman personally, and I hope someday to meet him. But what's happened in this shop when it comes to (coughs) um, our change in assortment, the BlackRock Vintage Story, is that vinyl has completely changed my customer mix and my frequency of good customer visits. That sounds confusing. I don't mean it to be. Um, Vinyl is special because, for me at least, when I grew up in the 60s and 70s, you know, Led Zeppelin IV, I mean, we all know that album, and we all remember opening that album, House of the Holy, uh, Eric Clapton, Cream, you know, all that stuff. And vinyl is a very important part of my memory bank because we all remember having the albums Roger Dean covers for yes the Stanley Mouse covers for the Grateful Dead Uh, you know there's so many good artists out there who are doing album covers but albums has changed um, our our hangout if you will here because now you got a bunch of people come in and they look through the albums and they see the vintage t-shirts and and they they want to be here they want to hang and it's nice it's a it's a nice setup Uh, you know um, i'm enjoying it and i'm am also i think my customers i should say my who who most usually become friends are enjoying the experience as well ah so there really is some
0: truth to one man's trash is another man's treasure
1: oh i believe that um i have had again there's another monger's story but i've met a number one in particular people who are pickers and this one guy is an amazing picker and they just find stuff and um, there's a lot of stuff we discard as a civilization I believe it somebody walks by and says hey I, I i can use that I can figure something out with that um, guys who empty houses who go in and empty a whole house guys who are just driving around uh, i lived in fairfield for m- most of my life and you know one guy used to hang out at the dump They finally put a sign up and he just he'd sit there eight hours a day and wait for somebody to unload a couple bicycles that, you know, their kids have outgrown. I found a maple, bird's eye maple, two piece children's school desk, uh, cast iron base, cast iron fittings on the desk, individual chair. Amazing. Sitting right outside the hole where you throw your garbage in. Whoever left it there obviously did not want to throw it in the hole and, and have it be ruined or trashed, no pun. But I picked it up, and, and I have it to this day. In fact, it's in my monger's booth. You can come see it. But, um, yes, I think in many ways, we one man's trash is one man's treasure. It's, um, and I've always discovered it. And most of my experiences of have had been at the dump. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Um, so it
0: really seems to me that when people do make these connections and then they bring them home, they're eager to share. Would you say that it it it's way more than just a hobby it's more it really is a lifestyle
1: um yes i I think in most cases, and the people I have met in my life through mongers, et cetera, it's a passion and um, I know this because I know how other people look at it. I lived in a big house in Fairfield in the Historic District for 25 years. And when my four children and I emptied that house when we sold it, they were astounded how much stuff I had. I had 87 boxes of antique bottles and 82 framed Bill Graham Fillmore West posters. I mean, when you collect, you collect and... Uh, I meet these people every Sunday at Mongers. I meet them on the street, I meet them in my shop. Uh, I have a nice woman who lives here locally and um, she collects cobalt. Cobalt stemware, cobalt bottles, cobalt plates. And she's an expert. She's an expert in cobalt. She's also an expert in in prints and fine prints. She's also a great picker on top of all that. But um, you know, I think people who collect, they have a passion. And um, for me, it, it was antique bottles, uh, baseball cards, Sports Illustrated. I, I collected a number of things. But I'd go to a tag sale, and I don't need any more bottles, but I, I'd buy a couple bottles if I saw them at a good price. And uh, my ex-wife would say, what are you going to do with those? And I go, oh, well, you know, they're in my collection. And she said, they're going to go on the third floor, and you're never going to handle them again. And in most cases, she was probably right. <laughs> they went into a box, and... I handled them when I unpacked after I moved. So, but I think if you collect, especially in the antique categories, many people are passionate about it. And um, to me, that's, that's fun, that's exciting. Um, that's just my spin.
0: And, and you're kind of saving, saving these pieces of Americana, really. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine uh, at work about sustainability. Um, do you think that, you know, by saving a lot of these, you know, American vintage relics of, you know, the automotive industry, so like those, the antique gas pumps and all this, do you think that there is some sort of, uh, positive environmental impact, even with, uh, the repurposing from, uh, house demolitions and other places like that? Um, I think there might be, um
1: you're not going to go out maybe and hire a factory to make you an antique 1923 gas pump with the beautiful glass globe however um the sustainability is we're putting these things to a new life um i'm sure many of us have watched american pickers and i happen to be addicted to that show Hmm. and you know They're going to a barn, and it's falling down, and there's those three Indian motorcycles. I'm not a motorcycle guy, but I get it. I get the value. And there's these three Indian motorcycles stuck in the back of the barn, and they're covered with raccoon crap and hay and all kinds of stuff. And they dig them out, and uh, it's two sisters selling the remains of their father's collection, who has since passed away. And, you know, there's something cool about that, because they're going to take them, they're going to clean them up. And maybe somebody's going to buy it and hang it in their den or hang it in a restaurant. So now you get a whole new life in that product. So yes, there is some sustainability. Um, And this sounds like a plug. It, It is not meant to be a plug. But we thought about that with our flannel business. And we realized there are so many gorgeous flannels in the secondary market. Woolrich, Carhartt, Pendleton. I mean, we all know the brands gorgeous, beautiful flannels from the 50s and 60s and 70s that are out there. And uh, we get them, we can clean them up a little, put a hang tag on them, and we can really repurpose those products. Um, I think it has to be curated well and and put those back out. and, And that's a sustainable story in itself. Why? Because we're not spinning fabric, weaving, dyeing, cutting, assembly, and shipping product. In most cases, from overseas, we're getting it here in the secondary market, and we're putting it together in a nice curation, a nice assortment. Um, but I do believe there's a sustainability in the antique thing because it's not going to a junk heap, it's not going to an incinerator, it's going to sit on somebody's mantle, and that's kind of cool.
0: <laughs> so, um, what what would you say is your you say you're a bottle guy? What what what's your favorite? Favorite thing about collecting?
1: Um, I think for bottles, which is my first love, besides, you know, getting a 68 Mickey Mantle card when I was nine years old. With bottles, I started digging when I was 14 years old in 1973. And the passion and love and interest in what we are doing was we were pulling gold out of the earth. We were pulling these beautiful bottles that were from the 1860s, 1870s, and and it was in the ground. And it was really cool. And uh, my father used to pick me up from the train station. When he got home from the train, we had moved up, you know, in upper Fairfield off Reading Road. And I'd have a whole Grand Union bag. That's a throwback, huh? Grand Union. I'd have my Grand Union brown bag filled with bottles. And I'd get home and my mother would say, oh my God, you're going to get typhoid. You're going to get the plague digging in these old dumps. Of course that didn't happen. But the first bottle we all remember, and I dig with a very dear friend here in town, Glenn. And he uh, has been my friend since 1965. Uh, He's a local dentist. He's an amazing artist. Amazing artist. Uh, Does a lot of oceanscapes and seascapes. He's a amazing fishermen as well. But we started digging when we were 14 and one of the first bottles you all remember was Dr. Pepper's swamp root bladder and kidney cure. And embossed on the bottle was a picture of a kidney with the letterings. And, um, I have, I still have that bottle. In fact, it's in my shop. If anybody wants to come by and see it, Dr. Kilmer's was out of Binghamton, New York. And, um, I met a collector at Mongers who only collects Dr. Kilmer's bottles but to me the fascination of pulling something out of the ground taking it home and with a toothbrush and hot water cleaning it up and uh, I think we even joined a bottle club when we were 14 I think it was in Meriden one of our parents would drive us up to these monthly meetings in a VFW hall or something but I think collecting is interesting and fascinating and it is a treasure hunt, and it is um, it is something that t- still excites me. And I have an 82-year-old man who's become a nice friend, and he collects bottles to this day. And he'll come into my booth at Mongers, and he'll spend $100 on a soda bottle. And he is as excited now as he probably was when he was 30 years old.
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is, that is awesome. Um, Wrapping this up, um, really, what would you say to the people that are thinking about getting into collecting or kind of dabbling in but don't know what to do or what to look for? What what would you tell them?
1: Well, what interests you, what fascinates you, political buttons, antique corkscrews, Coca-Cola bottles, whatever it is out there, Look magazines from the 40s, I mean, you could specialize in a multitude of uh, antiques or old things and um, probably have fun with it. Um, I find that if you're not interested in it at this point, you know, again, my interest started when I was 13 or 14 years old. You, you may not just, you're, you're somebody who maybe not doesn't want to go out there and, and, and collect or amass stuff. But, um, What I find most most collectors, that they have a category, if it's glassware, if it's paper goods, if it's crockery, if it's uh, furniture, record albums, whatever. And when the collector gets going, they get a high from it, in my opinion. They really get a turn on from it. And, you know, the hunt and finding it and finding it for the right price. Um, See what things appeal to you. I have one gentleman who comes into my booth. He's actually from Maine. And he collects antique corkscrews. That's all he collects. So whenever I see an old corkscrew, wherever I am, I grab it. And his name is David. I see him about twice a month, and he comes down, and I got a bag of corkscrews for him. And it's a relatively low-cost item to collect. He's not paying a hundred dollars for a corkscrew, and um, you know that's his passion. Mine's still bottles, and probably will be bottles and rock and roll posters, and that's probably what I'm going to end up dying as being my two collections, but, um, you know, it's a great thing to do, it gets you out of the house, you can go to the Elephant's Trunk in New Milford on a beautiful Sunday, you can come and visit us at Mongers, you can come to my shop, Christina's down by the Vietnamese restaurant by Grassmere off Fairfield Avenue, you know, there's a number of places you can go and, and find antiques and uh, poke around. Uh, next time you go to your local dump, look around in the metal pile. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's an old fishing rod or something. Um, you know, there's so many things we can collect. And uh, like I said, to me, uh, I enjoy it very much. And, it, um, you know, when I find something cool, it, it gives me a high. So Awesome. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, I, Dave. I
0: learned so much and I had a great time. We'll be right back. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to that as much as I did uh, recording it. Uh, I actually just happened to listen to it again in its entirety with my coffee as if I was one of my wonderful listeners. Um I'm always so grateful and appreciative of. Um, It really this this episode and my friend Dave, I think, really exemplifies uh, the spirit of the Dennett it can it's It's about sharing what's important to us, um, why we think it's important to uh the community, the world, to our friends, uh, why we do it, uh, and exploring exploring if it was if it wasn't for Dave. I would have never first gone down to the monger's market, I went down to see him, but for three or four years I've been passing it on the highway, wondering what it was, saying, you know what, I'm gonna get down there, I'm gonna go see what that is, I need to go see what that is, I need to go see what that is, daily, passing by it every day on i 95 and, you know, Dave kept saying, Hey, I got my booth down there. You know, down there on Sundays. You know, you, you gotta come check it out. And... Uh, without saying too much. Because uh, they think that's a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> um, it's really, truly an experience. So... Uh, again, thank you. And for listening, and a little uh, preview, I guess. Um, Dave will definitely be coming on again. Uh, We had a wonderful conversation about a very talented artist and friend of his, Stanley Mouse. Um, For those of you that know, you know uh, everybody else. He is a super talented artist uh, responsible for uh, I mean responsible for many many countless countless amazing works of art but most notably um, I think for our purposes here is the Skull and Roses uh, art uh, for the Grateful Dead and the, the Scarab the Beetle and wing concept for um, oh, the journey album. There's symbol that on the album. Oh, you think I would be prepared? But uh, we'll be we'll be talking about him, um, and most notably the uh, appearance of Stanley Mouse with. Dave Uh, I believe he said it was 2009 Gathering of the Vibes Music and Arts Festival right here at uh, Seaside Park in Bridgeport Uh, it was a wonderful festival uh, dedicated to really all arts and music but it was founded in the memory of the late amazingly great Jerry Garcia um So, but I feel like this is a a great introduction to Dave. Uh, I have a feeling that he'll be on the show many times, and um, he's going to be a great friend to the show. Um, You can check out uh, Black Rock Vintage at 3008 3008 Fairfield Avenue in the Black Rock section of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, It's a wonderful little shop. Um, And even if you don't buy anything, you're going to leave with something. You're going to leave with something, um, an experience that just makes your day better. So, I thank everybody for, for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, next week we'll be hearing about Stanley mouse and continuing our journey through the eyes of generation X. And remember, if you dented the can, the beer was good.